0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We are in Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to look at the last few verses. I am the one. I sweep away your transgressions for my own sake, and remember your sins no more. It's tremendous, right? I am the one. This is thematic throughout uh, chapters uh, 42 and, and, and 43 the exclusivity of God, the one Savior. Apart from him, there is no one else. I sweep away your transgressions. Why does God do this? For my own sake. For his own glory. He gets glory when every nation on earth has sinners, but there's this one nation in the Old Testament who is set apart and chosen by God, and they become an exhibit on the grace of God in the Old Testament. And so God gets glory when his own people's transgressions are swept away. Hey, Jesse, did you just accidentally give a justification to sin? No, Gerald. Paul in Romans 6 asks the rhetorical question and then answers it right away. He does this numerous times throughout that, asking exactly what even modern readers are thinking and then is answering it. What should we say then? Should we go on sinning even more so that grace may abound more and more? Gives us on the right on the heels of the teaching that where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. For all of your sin, there is even more grace that outweighs it. That's great news, right? But then the very next question, selfishly, kind of actually proving the point about our depravity, we might ask is, well, grace, that means that the more we sin, the more grace we get. So let's sin more, right? Absolutely not. Paul says in Romans 6. You have died to sin, meaning you put your sinful self to death. How can you go on living in it any longer? So here way back in Isaiah 43, I sweep away your transgressions and he does all this for the glory of God. So you cannot sin to the glory of God. The glory doesn't come in your sin. Like we saw in yesterday's devotion, that's wearisome. That's burdensome. That hurts your relationship with God. But when you do sin, God sweeps it away for his own sake. And then this is the best news you've heard all week. He remembers your sins no more. It's incredible. You want to be godly in the modern digital age? Don't slander anybody on the internet. Especially not for their past sins for which they are now repentant and especially not based upon some imaginary rubric, some trendy value du jour that didn't exist at the time of someone's past social media post. Christian, you will never be embarrassed for having stood by the Word of God. Word of God is unchanging and not one letter of it is ever going to disappear until the end of the age. So you want to be future proof? Stay true to the ancient Word of God. You want to be on the right side of history? Be on the side of the one who authors history, he chooses not to remember his people's sins anymore. Remind me. Let's argue the case together. Recount the facts so that you may be vindicated. All right. Now this is a this is a word picture that began at at uh, at the the opening of this chapter, and. Uh, And it it, it's it it kind of paints the picture of a courtroom, with witnesses coming forward to give to give testimonies, right? The idea that uh, in in earlier in chapter uh, chapter forty three and verse ten he said, "You are my witnesses." This is the Lord's declaration. He paints this picture of a courtroom setting in which all the nations of the earth are there together as witnesses to see, uh, you know, what God's going to do through the nation of Israel. And so verse twenty six is just reiterating that same courtroom theme, something that. Paul would also write according to in his New Testament epistles, your father sinned and your mediators have rebelled against me. This is bad news for Judah. Okay. Like your, your father sinned, uh, this could refer to Abraham. I mean, he had some boneheaded moves. Just ask his wife, right? Uh, you know, uh, every one of the, you know, forefathers for Israel sinned. Um, I think that, uh, in this case, he's referring to Jacob, and I'll, I'll show you what I mean by that in, by referencing Hosea down here in just a second. But I want to finish the text first. So I defiled the officers of the sanctuary and set Jacob apart for destruction and Israel for scorn. So ancient Judah would have known what this is referring to. Um, the the, the egg, times of exile would come, and they would know exactly why. They would know exactly why. Uh, This was God's discipline, right? Your first father's sin, your mediators were rebelled against me. Uh, They were led by unpenitent men. So I defiled the officers of the sanctuary, right? Just, you think about Jesus's frequent use of the book of Isaiah and rebuking the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and set Jacob apart for destruction and Israel for scorn. They, again, this was about the numerous exiles that that are uh, and and you know difficulties that Isaiah told uh, the nation of Judah was coming here's here's what i mean uh when i when i say that this your first father sinned here's what i mean when i say that i think it likely is referring specifically to jacob here's hosea chapter 12 ephraim chases the wind and pursues the east wind it speaks about just futility he continually multiplies lies and violence he makes a covenant with Assyria, and olive oil is carried to Egypt. Okay, you going to talk about this this hardship, all right? The destruction, the scorn. Uh, Assyria was uh, was one of the enemies of, of ancient Judah, and olive oil is carried to Egypt, the former enslavers of the Jewish people. The Lord has uh, also has a dispute with Judah. He's about to punish Jacob according to his conduct, and he will repay him based on his actions. Okay, now. Uh, This only sounds good to the arrogant and self-unaware. We don't want to be repaid based on our actions. In the spiritual sense, we've all sinned. And so fair payment, fair treatment is eternity in hell for us, right? Uh, So we don't want that. We want grace instead. In the womb, he grasped his brother's heel. And as an adult, he wrestled with God. So Jacob was the the one whose name was changed to Israel. He inherited the patriarchal covenant from uh from Abraham and God poured out blessings on him. It wasn't an easy life, but it certainly wasn't earned. Uh speaking about grasping his brother's heel describes the 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 moment that the fraternal twins were born. Uh the younger would grasp at his brother's heel and uh this is this is kind of the the inspiration for his name and then that he would wrestle with god this is actually the moment upon which his name was changed to israel and then he was afflicted right here on his hip and he would walk with a limp because of it jacob struggled with the angel and prevailed okay Uh, if you've ever wondered uh was that jesus that jacob was wrestling with Uh, was that a christophany an appearance of christ in the old testament uh, isaiah uh th- this 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 verse from Hosea rather would would say otherwise he wept and sought his favor he found him at Bethel, and there he spoke with him. The Lord is the God of armies, the Lord is his name, but you must return to your God, maintain love and justice, and always put your hope in God It's beautiful right that's uh that's hosea twelve six so this is a theme in in the prophecies about uh, the sins of the leadership of of ancient Israel and Judah, uh, uh, the priestly level, all the way up to uh, all the way up to the 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 patriarchs themselves, that Jacob would be set apart for destruction, Israel for scorn. This was God disciplining His people. But in the larger context of Isaiah 43, here we are in the courtroom setting. Okay, we cannot vindicate ourselves to vindicate, to be vindicated truly, uh, apart from the courtroom metaphor here, uh, would be to say like, I was right, but then I was framed. I was misrepresented. I I was besmudged in my reputation. People bore false witness against me. Uh, They committed libel against me, and all the while I knew that I was right, and then the truth will out that I was actually right all along. That is what it means to be vindicated. This is given almost as a reality check taunt. Okay, here you are with all the evidence stacked against you. Now try to try to vindicate yourself, right? Remind me as if you forgot. Let's argue the case together, but all of this comes on the heels of this beautiful promise in verse 25 i am the one i sweep away your transgressions for my own name's sake right for my own for my own sake and remember your sins no more god disciplines us for sin okay just ask jacob but he does not remember them against us any longer he throws them as far as the east is from the west he drowns them in the depths of the sea god does not afflict himself with amnesia right? God is timeless. We think of it in terms of memory, something that is capacitated by a physical instrument, the faculty by which we recall things. And it's subject to depravity. It's subject to entropy in a sin-stained world. It's no longer the perfection of Eden. However, God needs no such instrument. He instantly already knows all things for all time all at once the way that we would describe it so it's not that god afflicts himself with amnesia it's that he chooses not to count them against you it's beautiful it's grace and it's in the old testament take a moment to thank god for this beautiful truth that even though you've sinned god would not remember your sins any longer That, my friend, is all grace.